The Business Animal Podcast is proudly sponsored by WP Engine, your resource for managed WordPress hosting, and Keep, the premier CRM software for small business. Head over to thebusinessanimal.com for the best deals on these two amazing products. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. <laughs> hey, Kara. Guess what? It's season three. We're in season three. I can't believe. <laughs> Can we... you believe it? No, season I can't. Three. I really can't. I can't believe we are starting episode number 51 right now. What a journey we have been to be in season three now. We learned so much. I know. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a whole year almost. So our first episode launched last year on my birthday, which was February 16th. That's right. We're getting close to that, having a full year of episodes out there into the world. And that's just so exciting. So I want to take a moment and just really think thank the people that have listened to us and given us comments and feedback on the podcast and, and expressed their desire to learn more and to uh, be with us more often on this journey. So a big kudos and a thank you out there to everybody who's tuned in with us over the last year. I think I speak for both of us, but I'll let Kara say her own. I appreciate you guys no end. You have no idea how wonderful you all have made me feel and how much joy this podcast has brought to my life and how much all of our listeners that they have brought so much joy to my life. Oh, no kidding. I mean, as much as it may sound like we like to listen to ourselves talk, really the truth is, is we wouldn't be committed to doing this every single week if we weren't seeing you guys listening and hearing your feedback and telling us that this season, the last two seasons, this podcast has you guys have gotten something out of it and you want us to keep going. So here we are starting season number three. Kim and I have already set up a pretty incredible lineup for you for this next season. So we're going to start rocking and rolling on it today. And yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And one of the things, so today's episode is the title of it is Turning Content into Clients. And a big part of my business and a lot of things that we've talked about on the podcast have talked about creating content. So we've we've had multiple episodes about social media, about writing blog posts, about creating content for your business, right? And creating content that's valuable and is going to help you with SEO and is going to help you be found by the right people. And we've talked about target markets and all of those kind of things. But I think that the subject that sometimes gets lost in that content conversation is how do you turn all of that into revenue in your bank account, right? And I think it's the big thing that people have on their minds most of the time. Because really and truthfully, I know a lot of our people out there, our, our animal-based businesses are mission-based. They're in it because they love it and they love their business and they love animals. And honestly, if they were multimillionaires, they'd probably wake 
up and do something very similar. Maybe not, but but maybe. But the bottom line is, is that that is not the truth for most of us. And most of us need to be able to make an income. And in order to do that, we need clients. And so the, all of that content marketing we do, all of the content creation we do, all the podcasting, all the blogs, all of the social media posts, that's what we're going to talk about today is how do you take all of that that you're doing and make it get you clients? Interesting topic. Yeah, we're way too busy. We're too busy to be creating all this content, doing all of this work if it's not going to convert in some way down the line, if it's not going to put dollars in the bank at some point. All of us running our animal-based business, we have too much to do just to perform the tasks that make up our jobs on a daily basis. You know, animals have to get fed, they have to be worked, whatever it is that you do. And content creation is an essential part these days. Whatever that looks like, Kim gave you guys a big list. But the truth is, is there's no point in doing it if it's not going to end up converting clients for you. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. And I know a lot of people who get really flustered with content creation and wonder if it's really good for their business. I think they look at how much time and effort they put into it and then ask, is this really going to net me clients in the end? And that's a valid question. And I think it's one that a lot of people, uh, marketing professionals in particular, kind of skip over in helping people understand that. Now, before we we dive into kind of turning content into clients as a subject, I do want to tell people you do need to temper your expectations with any kind of content marketing. It is a marathon strategy. It's not a sprint strategy. So it's something that you have to do over time in order to get results. But that doesn't mean that you don't have control of the steering apparatus for this particular vehicle to get your clients into your business. So that's what we're going to focus on today is we're going to focus on helping you understand ways that you can steer people through your content into becoming clients. And that's when I think content marketing is the most effective is when it has done mindfully, not randomly. So... Kara, why don't you take us through the big three and then we'll start breaking it down. Absolutely. So our big three for today, turning content into clients. First of all, you've got to clearly correlate your content to your offering. So everything that you're putting out into the world should somehow be connected to your message. It has to align with that in some way. Kim likes to talk about it as pulling the thread and I'm sure she'll mention that down here somewhere. And then number two, use a single call to action for a majority of your content. So it can be really tough when you've got, and, and I struggle with this a lot, having multiple buckets of things that are part of my business and trying to figure out what is my main call to action in all of that. So number two, use a single call to action. And number three, offer those small victories and awarenesses regularly through your content. You know, there, there are going to be times when it feels like you're creating a lot of stuff and, and it is a long game, as Kim said. So if there's places that you can offer victories along the way and awareness along the way and kind of thread that through, that's going to bring you more rewards in the end. So Kim, do you want to jump into number one for us? You bet. So number one is to clearly correlate your content to your offerings. Now, I know when it comes to animals, we all have a lot to contribute to whatever industry we're in or whatever species that we're working with, either directly or indirectly through services or products. The truth is, though, that 
when you're creating content and wanting to bring clients into your business, that content needs to be focused on something that will bring clients into your business. So let's do some cold hard examples here. So let's say you're a horse trainer. Yes, nutrition does affect a horse's training regimen. Yes, nutrition is important to equines. And yes, you may have a ton of knowledge on that. But the reality is, is that the people you want to attract into your business are people who are having difficulty with their horses or who have a horse that they want to put into training. Now, again, nutrition is important to that. You may have a lot of wisdom, but we want to correlate at least 80% of our content towards horse training in some capacity. Doesn't mean you can't have a guest expert on your blog that talks about feeding horses that are in training. That matters. But what you're trying to do is attract people into your business. And so we need to keep it clear that what people are searching for, what people are asking for, because content marketing is what we call inbound marketing. So that means it's in the path of our potential clients a lot of times. And so they may not have any other context within our business when they find our content and then they're searching for something like nutrition and not a horse trainer. It doesn't give you the client that you want. Whereas if your content is focused on horse training, then it brings people into your business that are interested in having their horse trained. So that seems really logical. And I'm sure all of you are going, well, that is um, keep it stupid simple, right? But when I look at people's content on their websites, when they come to me as clients or they come to me as students, I'm really shocked and amazed sometimes about how much they get off topic or they stray from that thread that brings people into their business. And again, I realize a lot of times it's out of the goodness of their heart, but the reality is, is that content that you create that isn't attached to your business directly to bringing people in, it doesn't turn into clients. It's just information out there that's helpful. There's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't become clients. So Kara, in your business, let's take an example that would be directly for you, right? So you're a photographer and if you published a blog, I'm sure you know a lot about horses. Well, sure. I'm a horse owner. I've got seven horses and I know a little bit. I would, I'm not a horse trainer. I'm not a equine therapist or nutritionist or any of that, but I know as much as the average horse owner probably knows. Yeah. And so if you were to start publishing articles on barefoot trimming, that's not going to bring people in front of your camera. Or if it did, it probably is not bringing the right people. It's not bringing the right people, (laughs) right? So we've just got to be conscientious about that and about, you know, I mean, we all have wisdom to share, but we need to be conscientious about that. And so when you're creating your content, do so mindfully. And this goes, this goes beyond the obvious as well. Look at your calendar and see what you have for events coming up or see if your business has a seasonality to it. Make sure that you start planning and putting your content together for that ahead of that season or that event. And I mean months, folks. I don't mean a week before. I mean months. Start really pulling on that thread and start filling up the interest bucket for that event or that season and really correlate your content to what is going to create the most action in your potential clients because that's how you're going to get more people into your business. And that means more money in your bank account and more revenue. 
And that means a paycheck for all of that content that you're creating. So that's when it starts to make sense. And that's when it becomes important. Also remember, content is the gift that keeps on giving. So if you have a good thread with your content back to your business, that long-term strategy really starts to play in your favor because you build up a library and you become an authority. And if all of your content leads back to you and what you do, then it's going to lead clients directly to your door. And what's more, it's going to lead really good clients to your door because they're going to be people that have read about and understand how you do things and have chosen you over your competition. So they already come partially sold. So that's a big reason to definitely correlate. That's great. I'm working on that right now for fast horse photography. I'm working on creating content for the next several months, trying to get that lined up. We have a big travel schedule between us and I have been trying to line that up. And one of the things that I have been attempting to do is use that to try to correlate that. But but I'm trying to be creative about how I do it because it gets really boring. Like you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I say the same thing over and over again or, or something along that line. So I recently came across Carrie, the equestrian marketing coach, and I have been enjoying some of the tips that she had. And one of the things that she suggested is to think about your content creation in terms of educate, entertain, inspire, and promote. And I thought to myself, okay, so how do I take my content then and get my message out there by trying to fill each of those buckets? on a regular basis. So whatever your method is or whatever your thoughts are, there are ways to get kind of creative about that. So I'm just letting folks know I feel your pain if you're working on this. I'm going through it myself right now. Are you looking to bring awareness to your equine-based product or service or create a unique way for your audience to feel connected to your brand? Quality horse photos tell your story and breathe life into your marketing. They draw your customers in and create an emotional connection. Powerful images communicate your core values and highlight the benefits your product offers, ultimately proving your business is a voice your customers can trust. It's time to use dynamic images that define your small business and separate you from the rest of the herd. Fast Horse Photography's professional photo library features thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and marketing needs is easier than ever. Help your audience see that your brand offers the answers they are looking for. Search for the perfect images for your equine business right now. Spur your customers into action with FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. I want to address two things Mm -hmm. with that. Yes, I think having buckets that you can kind of silos that you fill with certain amount of content, it makes it easier for us to break it down and think about it. And those kind of formulas are highly beneficial, highly beneficial. And whether you're using the one that this influencer suggested, or you listen to another one, there's great information out there. Pick a lane that that appeals to you and drive in it. But something that you said, Kara, really is key to something I want to address. You said it just saying the same thing over over and over again and trying to find different ways to say it. So that may seem really boring to you as a business owner, but to your customers, it is gold for them. It's gold to Google too. When you are very consistent in the conversations that you have, it makes the search engine work a little bit better to find you. And when the people come and read your content, actually that repetition 
is trustworthy to them. It is like a warm blanket that sort of cuddles them and they know that they're in the right place and you're not like pulling it off of them and leaving them cold by changing your mind or direction. So don't feel bad if you do have repetition in what you're putting out as content. And I think that leads us perfectly into our second of the big three for this topic, which is use a single call to action in the majority of your content. Now, again, this sounds like it's horribly boring, right? Who would want the same call to action? But again, it's for your customers. If you're thinking of it in their perspective and how they're approaching your business and where they are in the process of becoming a customer when they're coming into contact with your content, it makes a whole lot of sense to offer a very nice singular call to action. People who are presented with too many choices simply make one choice and that's not to choose. (laughs) So we want to make sure that our calls to action are very clear. And if you, for example, have a business where in general people talk to you before they purchase stuff, then make your call to action getting in contact with you, either an exploratory call, like a lot of my coaches and therapists, that's what they use is, you know, get on the phone with me for a discovery call or an exploratory call or a free consultation call. I mean, they all have different names for it, but it's basically the same thing. And name it that and call it that throughout, by the way, don't put exploratory on one discovery on another, pick a lane and drive. So that's for coaches and therapists and businesses that do that. If you have a business where you're selling something online, make your call to action to go to your website and go shopping. It's that simple. And if the blog post or the YouTube video is talking about a specific product or service that you offer, you can say visit our website for more information. And you can definitely point it to where that product or services is because we don't want to leave a like a long set of clicks in there, but the call to action is worded the same, right? We're going to filter all of those people to the website. Similarly, if you have a brick and mortar business, you would want people to come into your brick and mortar business. So we would want to have a call to action of go to the store. The thing that this does is it gives the customer a very clear next step. And as odd as that sounds, as as weird as it sounds, and we know all of the humans out there wandering around are intelligent enough to figure out that if they see a dog collar that they want to buy and it's for sale at Fluffy's Dog Collars, that they should go to Fluffy's Dog Collars and buy it. But in all honesty, it's been proven over and over and over again through multiple research studies that that consumer needs the call to action that says, go to our store at 154 Main Street and buy your dog collar from Fluffy's Dog Collars. So it's really, really necessary for you to have that very clear, singular focused call to action so that no matter where the person enters into your content marketing stream, they're able to find the next step that is right for them. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E business.com. See you there.
Okay, Kim, so you've been talking about having that kind of singular call to action for a majority of your content. We've been talking about that. One of the things that I see a lot on websites is something along the lines of download my giveaway or my freebie. What do you think about that in terms of a call to action? And is it something that can kind of live across the client experience? Yeah, and I do see that a lot. And when it comes to content, especially when we're approaching new customers, so let's let's go backwards for a moment here and talk about the fact of why we create content. Most of the content that we create is really designed to get people into our business. And the conversation that we're having today is kind of bookended around that. We're turning content into clients. Once they become a client, then the content shifts a bit and the calls to action shift a bit. So the call to action that you've mentioned is one that's really designed to get people introduced to your business. And usually it's specifically built around getting people onto your email database. And it's a very common one around that. It's called a lead magnet because we're putting it out there to get people for leads. And that's ideally what we want our content to do is to generate leads for our business or sales for our business if we want to skip over the lead process. So yes, that's a consistent call to action. And the thing is, is that I see a lot of people who use this call to action and they create this wonderful free giveaway and then they write one piece of content about it and then they don't ever pick it back up again. And then they wonder why that lead magnet failed and oftentimes blame themselves or they blame the marketing tactics or whatever it happens to be. And if you were to use that call to action over the majority of your content, download my free giveaway, and then that free giveaway is gonna have another call to action attached to it that again is a singular focus for them to take the next best step. So realistically, the call to action that you created was download the giveaway. And then that one creates another call to action. Similarly, if you have existing clients and you want to get them into your reward program, or you want to get them to give you a testimonial, then the calls to action around those two topics need to be focused at that. But that comes at that time in the relationship with the client. Again, I feel like the topic we're talking about here today is really that beginning relationship. How do you get them into your business and that very first sale or experience in the books and on on the bank account? And then you're going to have another step to take. And if we consider that free giveaway, in the last couple of episodes we did around social media metrics that you need to understand, we talked about conversion. So that giveaway, when people download it, that is considered a conversion. That is considered that person is taking a step towards becoming a client. It's not a monetary step yet because it's a giveaway, but at least they've taken that step toward becoming a client. And that's when your content is starting to work but you can't drop the ball there. Then you have to up the ante with another call to action inside of the giveaway that gets them to make whatever it is, the exploratory call or the visit to the website to make a purchase or the visit to your brick and mortar store. Did that help clarify that a bit? Yeah, that helps a lot. And it really clarified that even though there's a ton of different types of calls to action out there, really what you're looking for is that singular call to action that's consistent to get people to take the first step. And then that first step should trigger, especially if the first step is not 
a step that leads to your bank account, that next step then should be a call to action triggered off of the first step. And you're moving them kind of through your process down your line to get them to be a paying client. So that makes a lot of sense, Kim. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. And that also is where a lot of people start talking about funnels, right? So funnels are exactly that topic. They're just concentric calls to action that level up the amount of action that person takes, right? So a lot of times in the beginning level of content, we have a very easy, non-committed call to action, like the giveaway. I mean, basically all you need to do to buy the giveaway is you need to give them your email address, right? So that's a pretty, that's a low commitment, low cost action on the consumer's behalf. But then the giveaway says, you know, okay, I need you to do this free exploratory call. That's my next call to action. Not as many people as download the giveaway are going to do the exploratory call. That's okay. It's a funnel. It's meant to funnel down just the right people. But the exploratory call requires that person to take a greater action and it requires them to make a greater commitment with their time. Then during an exploratory call, you're going to ask them with another call to action that levels that experience up to maybe make a purchase. So at that point, we were asking them for time and we're asking them for money. So we're not like immediately (laughs) kind of level jumping on our content friendship, but we are getting them through the process. And then that becomes the funnel that funnels people down into your business into becoming clients. My point with this particular one of the big three is that people have so many calls to action in one single blog post that people can't make a decision. They don't know what it is clearly. If you're doing a giveaway, that's great. Make your giveaway 80% of your calls to action. And then don't like second guess yourself and think, okay, I need to put in, like go to our website for more information, or I need to put in, make your consultation right now, or I need to put in, click here to purchase, you know, focus it on one thing. People will more likely to click on the one thing. And then the one thing that they do will lead them to the next thing. You're making it very clear and you're minimizing the confusion because I could see people saying to themselves, should I go to the website or should I click, you know, this link here that's telling me to do something else. So that makes a lot of sense. And I think that rolls us into big three, number three, pretty easily because all of those steps that you're taking, those things that you're offering them are opportunities to offer those small victories and awarenesses through your content. So that makes that makes a lot of sense, taking those small steps. This is another place where I think people get confused about content creation. Content creation is not just designed to, it shouldn't be, let me rephrase that. It shouldn't be designed only to inform or educate or entertain. It should also be designed to create some type of a small transformation in the person that's reading it or interacting with it or watching the video or listening to the podcast. And that is the key to who is creating the best followership that converts over into clients and money are the influencers and the people who use content marketing with this in mind, right? Because it's psychological, If let's say you have a dog at home that is chewing up your furniture and as a consumer, you start Googling on the internet to find out solutions for that. And you come across a dog trainer's post that gives you a 
a tactic to maybe uh, teaches your dog leave it or something like that. Something super basic. Like most dog people know how to teach their dog to leave it, right? But what the article does is helps correlate that to chewing on furniture and helps the person who is the consumer be able to execute that with their dog. And maybe their dog just lessens that behavior by just a small percentage. But the consumer sees that and they consider that a victory. So what what does that do for them? Well, first of all, they correlate that success with the trainer that wrote the blog, right? Okay, this person knows what they're talking about because that worked for me. That worked for me and my dog. So what else does that dog trainer have? And so they come back to the website and they read through more content and maybe there's a giveaway with, you know, two exercises that you can do with your dog to develop a better relationship. Now that person tries those exercises right? That's the giveaway. And they find success. It does level up their relationship with their dog because that dog trainer knows what they're talking about. And so now they've they've created a really good victory with that client. And that client, if they want dog training for their dog, that's the place that they're going to go because they know that person's trustworthy. They know what they're doing is going to work. And so they're much more likely to spend their money and dollars with that particular individual. Now, it's not always about creating some kind of huge transformation or change. It's simple little things, like even just to get people to be aware of like the same example of why their dog might destroy the furniture in their house. So a dog trainer could write about the psychology from the dog's perspective about why this behavior might exist. And then if the dog owner and consumer reads that and they get an awareness, that same level of trust is built up, right? So then they're much more active in wanting to participate in that particular trainer's programs because that trainer has offered them a kind of a breakthrough awareness or a small victory. And this works across the board. I don't care if you have a service-oriented business. I don't care if you're selling a product. I don't care what it is. If you can offer the people that are reading your content a little step in the right direction that they will take and then they're successful with it, they are much more likely to become a customer. That process just got a thousand times easier for you to convert them. Yeah, that is awesome. One of the things that I did this year is I did a blog post and it was it came out pretty much after I was booked for the season, for the holiday season, but I offered a blog post on how to take better pictures of your horse for the holiday season. And for people who wanted a great picture of their horse for their Christmas card, but it was too late to hire the professional photographer. So I knew that taking it with your cell phone and you're trying to do it at home, that's really tricky. And and you're not going to, you're still not going to get like a picture like you would if you were working with a professional photographer. But I put tips in there that anyone could do at home to, you know, just enhance what they were capable of doing with their cell phone and their horse. And that was an example of some great content that I created that ended up doing really well. And it was shared just probably a hundred times at least. And it went really, really crazy on the internet. But I think people were getting a lot out of it. So I love that. That's a great idea. I'm excited to see how other folks are creating content out there and how they're putting it to work for them. 
Absolutely. I am as well. And I love looking at other people's content. And I'm a big content consumer. I enjoy consuming content. And I enjoy those small victories and awarenesses that consuming content gives me. And I realize some people may be a little bit reticent to share specific things that they would do because they feel like those are proprietary or would keep people from coming to their business. But just like in your case, I know a lot of photographers who wouldn't necessarily want to share tips with people about how to take photos of their horse because, hey, that's their job, right? Sure. (laughs) The truth is, is that you will find, and I have proven this out in my own business, that you'll find the more you share and the more transparent you are, the more customers you have. It's a wonderful abundance property. And I know I'm going to get a little woo woo, but that works. It really does work. It's the law of, of abundance that gives you the more that you give out, the more that you are able to receive. Exactly. I'm not out there giving them my years of experience and my professional photography gear and the time that I spend editing. And I'm not giving them all of that. I'm giving giving them simple tips that can make what they're already doing just a little bit better. And I think that's the, the key. I mean, you're talking about examples of, you know, a dog trainer teaching someone how to, to minimize the effect of a dog trying to chew on a table leg or something. I mean, you're not giving them everything, but you're giving them something that they can take and do better with and celebrate with and have that little victory and maybe share that knowledge with a friend so they sound like they know something better. You know, I mean, those are all victories. Those are all successes for people that'll have them coming back. What else can I learn? What else can I do? What else is she going to post that is useful for me? That's exactly it. Because they come in and they say, if you'll share that with them, if you'll share that level of expertise, what will I get if I pay you? What will I get above and beyond that? And that cohesion and relationship, and and to be honest, the above and beyond doesn't have to be all of that great. I mean, it can be just a little bit of the next step, right? And people will be happy with it because you've given them that success. And that's what we're all in this for, right? Is to help people be successful with whatever it is that we're selling, whether it be a product or a service or even a nonprofit that's serving a community. It's to get people to be successful. And And when your content does that, it turns people into clients. So I think we have effectively covered our three topics today. But just to remind people, number one is to clearly correlate your content to your offerings. Number two is to use a single call to action in the majority of your content. And we're talking in the majority of the content within context of where that person is in the process. So like at the beginning, you know, if you're going to do a giveaway, get people to come to that. Or once they become a client, have another call to action to level that up. And then thirdly, to offer small victories and awarenesses regularly through your content so that people develop that trust and expectation that they're going to get success from your business and correlate that in their own minds so that they keep coming back again and again. Do you have anything else to add, Kira? No, I just want to say thanks to everybody for listening today. This is episode number one of season three, which we've already established we feel is just wild and crazy that we're here. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode on turn 
turning content into clients. If you are on social media, we would love it if you would follow us on The Business Animal at The Business Animal on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to have some social media interaction with you guys. If you've been a listener for a little while, one of the things we could really use from you guys right now starting off this new season is if you would hop on and rate and review. Um, Whatever platform you listen to should have that option. So if you would rate and review, we would love that and hit that little subscribe or follow button for us. It would mean a lot to us. It really helps us know that you guys are seeing us out there. So thank you guys so much and we'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.